The Fable and Folly Network supports creators of exceptional audio stories, including the one you're listening to right now. If you love our shows, we want to hear from you. Complete our listener survey at fableandfolly.com slash survey. This will help us learn more about you, what you like, what you'd like to hear more of, and how we can maintain an inclusive, safe atmosphere. As a thank you for your participation, we have extras and behind-the-scenes content from your favorite shows. Fans make the network what it is. Thanks for listening, and we can't wait to hear from you. Find our listener survey at fableandfolly.com slash survey today. Hi, I'm Ryan LaPlante, and I'm one of the crazy founders of Dumb Dumbs and Dice, the production company that's made the video you're watching or the podcast you're listening to right now. Now, we're clearly busy. We're producing five weekly podcasts, a sixth event podcast, video event one-shots, and an additional video D&D campaign. But we want to take this time to invite you to become a part of our company and a part of our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumbdumbdice. You can get access to our Discord, access to exclusive DM and character chats. You can get the chance to name characters in our shows and vote on the way their stories will progress. You can even become a recurring NPC and hear yourself interacting with our characters each week through the voice of Tom. You can become a patron for as little as $1 and there's great value for you at even that level. So please join the Dum Dums and Dice family and help us make even more content in a way that you are guaranteed to love. That's patreon.com slash dumbdumbdice. D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. So let's do something dumb together, and thanks for being part of our stories. I am Executron, god of merchandising, and I came into existence because Dumb Dumbs and Dice has its own merchandise. That's a god pod, get it? Dice? Merchandise? Anyways, you can get t-shirts, hoodies, spiral notebooks, clocks, wall art, throw pillows, bags, and even stickers emblazoned with your favorite Dum Dums and Dice characters and their catchphrases. Go to redbubble.com slash people slash Dum Dum Dice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. One more time for the mortals in the back, redbubble.com slash people slash Dum Dum Dice. Get your merch dice today. Welcome back, Initiates, to the Mythos Mysteries, a live play Pulp Cthulhu podcast where improvisers and comedians venture into dangers beyond their wildest imaginings. I am H.P. Helmfirth, your host on this journey into darkness. The Mystery Punchers arrived at the fair just in time to watch Red's former ally, Lewis, kill Tallahassee Jackson and begin massacring the townsfolk. Red is armed and disguised as a carnival worker. Richter is haunted by visions of the King in Yellow shown to him by an artist. And Adrian decided to fight alongside Red, no matter the cost. So venture forth with us, dear friends, into the mythos. Adrian, you don't have many friends. There's Sprinkles, there's Senior Ice Cream, there's Grandpa Richard, there's of course Red. Devin Carroll seems pretty all right. There's Benny, who you remember really nicely, and you're sure he's around somewhere. It's really confusing as to why he hasn't shown up yet. You're not quite sure where Sally is, but you know, probably being smart somewhere. Um, and of course there's there's Pepe. Um, who you think is a really, really brave guy. 
And that's why you're smiling when he stabs you in the chest. So, um, as you kind of look at him with a grin on your face, um, he drives um, a dagger into uh, your peck, um, and then uh, shoves off and, and starts, like, draws a gun and starts firing into the crowd. There's absolute pandemonium. Um, there are people firing into the crowd. The crowd is scattering, running, but it's people are just like random spraying fire into the crowds. Um, you see citizens dropping left and right. Um, this is a fucking massacre. Uh, on stage, uh, TJ has dropped out of view um, as uh, Lewis, who you always knew was up to no good, uh, finishes garroting him. What do you do? You take four points of damage from the blade, by the way. Cool. Is Pepe still within arm's reach of me? Yeah, like he literally <laughs> ran up, stabbed you, and then kept going. So I'm going to say, like, there's that moment of like, oh, hey, stab. Oh, no. Because also, you're Adrian Diesel. You do not truck bullshit like this. So yeah. I think you would be ready to react immediately. I don't think there would be any hesitation or like, oh, no, I've been betrayed. Uh, it's just that he's literally, like, it's almost a drive-by. Like, he runs by, stab goes. Claire, you had something? No, 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 sorry. I was miming being stabbed. Gotcha, understand. Tense situation. Yeah, I think Adrian, there are many times where he has thoughts that are complex for him, involving more than one thing, or emotional reactions. But I feel like he would only have lived this long by responding to violence with immediate and overwhelming <laughs> violence in turn. So I think with a knife in his chest, I don't even think he takes it out. I think he just reaches out and grabs Pepe and then the other knife from his jacket is just out and he's just like prison shiving him down and backwards if he okay. can. Yep. Um, so please go ahead and roll. Um, also, I'll say the knife that's in you is like, um, I don't think they had switchblades in the 30s, but it's that, it's like a small, small blade. It's not like, it's not like what your your creepy ceremonial fucking old man Corbett blade. Yeah. Um, okay. Remember old man Corbett? Simpler times. Uh, right? Yeah, remember <laughs> when blood dripping upward was the worst of your concerns? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Feels like kindergarten uh, as you stab your friend to death. Um, okay. Would this be fighting brawl, knowing he's not a yes, trained fighter? Yes, okay, it 100% cool. is. I'm just looking for my sheet because I need it from my brain. Um, yeah, this is definitely a, like a, a yeah, fighting brawl is appropriate for this for sure. And that is a success. Okay, what? Um, let me see what he gets. I will say he's um, fighting back at disadvantage. All combat rolls in Dumbcraft are, or Dumbcraft in Pulp Cthulhu are opposed checks. So I basically right, just need to right. roll for him. Um, but he failed even before the disadvantage. So, uh, yeah, he's clearly not not paying attention. He expected you to drop. Um, so, yeah, you just pull him back in and... Great. What damage does the knife do, Tom? I'm going to say with that check that you just end it. Like, I right. don't think there's... We, we don't need to roll for damage on this, uh, particularly because it's, it's kind of a mass combat situation. Um, so yeah, you, uh, you stab, uh, Pepe repeatedly. Um, he struggles for, for a good long while with, with a, a good degree of strength. Um, but then, um, eventually he, he slumps, um, and, uh, he kind of looks at you without any lick of recognition, um, 
and then stops moving. And I look him in the eye just before he dies, and I go, you peed on my heart. Uh, and then I, I'm going to take his gun and give it to Grandpa Richard so that he's not unarmed in this. And then basically, I just want to, I don't know what Red's doing, but I would be trying, trying to like almost secret service the two of them out of the crowd area. Or if Red's moving, I'll just take Grandpa. Okay. I'm moving. I figured. Um... Red, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm going to that stage. So as um, Addy starts stabbing uh, Pepe, you just take off into the crowd. Um, Richter, what do you think you're doing? Well, I've been a gun is a... pushed into your hands. Yeah, I've got a handgun. Um, this is extremely violent. This is... I, I feel like you complete shock at this. This is yeah. not what he was expecting um like 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 going into this he thought you know i know more about what's going on here than the average helmforth citizen right but even so he was not expecting some kind of just open massacre of people with guns firing into a crowd of innocent people so i think he's just dumbstruck by the amount of violence and carnage that has like just happened yeah instantly. so yeah, which is totally fair. This is also so far outside the world. It was one thing to be like attacked by mobsters in your shop. Weirdly, that fit your worldview. Although even that was an explosion of violence yeah. for an otherwise very intellectual man. Um, I will say this isn't... Um, they're spraying fire into the crowd. It's not concentrated fire, though. Like, this mm-hmm. doesn't feel like a liquidation squad just being like, we are here to drop the crowd. They're firing into the air, but they're also sweeping across. So people are going down, but this isn't just a full-on, like, everybody dies, if that makes okay. any sense. I just wanted then, to clarify yeah, that. Okay. It's still... I think your reaction is still entirely true, though, because, like, this isn't... Like, this is fucking horrific. Like, this yeah. sort of shit doesn't happen. Uh, if I you want to go to someone else because I'm, like, stunned and, and just gobsmacked, then that's fine. Otherwise, I'll eventually... Uh, I'll move out of the street. Okay, um, yeah, yeah. Up against one of the buildings. <laughs> Um, we'll say that that takes a, a moment or two. Um, cool. So I'm going to leave you with that for a second. Red, uh, I was just looking up what skills you can use to push through a crowd, and all of them suck. So mm-hmm. let's say, go ahead and roll me a strength check, please. Okay. Uh, or... I mean, it's not... I, I hate that I have to keep opening this book. I'm so sorry, guys. One day I'll learn the rules to all the games on all the shows we run, but today's not that day. Uh, I'll also take dex. Strength would be what Adrian's doing. Dex is probably closer oh, well... to what you'd be doing, which is like... Yeah, we'll do decks. <laughs> oh, that's I got a five. That's an extreme success. Um, so there's something about the fact that, like, that all of the, that it's Lewis that just forces you into action because I think the last kind of and I'm going to get you to roll for this in a second. I think one of the last pieces of sanity that Red could cling to was the clear delineation between her past life and her current life. Things in Boston, not spooky. Things here, spooky. Yeah. That's a Helmforth problem, so fuck him. (laughs) Boston was in a lot of ways, even though it was probably the most dangerous time in your life, it was a safe-ish space because it, it was away from the horrors of everything that happened to Sally in the church and then all the weird shit you've encountered since. But the fact that they're here now doing this. And also, yeah. to your knowledge, you were pretty sure, mo- like, 
and you can see like other people from your gang throughout the crowd like you were pretty sure most of these people were dead like you didn't leave town just being like all right go fuck yourselves goodbye right things had gotten really bad and you and adrian bugged out after everyone had either fled like they'd abandoned your crew and left town capone had got them or the cops had got them so there's this is all of this drives you forward with just incredible speed and and uh, i think almost um a desperation to just fucking know to just get some goddamn answers that you can actually lay a hand on incidentally having one arm kind of like tucked to your chest in a sling actually kind of makes it easier you're a smaller target and you're able to kind of uh slide through so you take off at at a shot um towards mm-hmm. the stage adrian um you see her go um she's nimble you're not go ahead and roll me an athletics or sorry a strength check to try and barrel your way through cool That is a hard success. Okay. So she's a bit faster than you in this particular instance, but I think it's also because weirdly, I mean, tell me if this, this tracks for you. Um, Seeing that there's havoc happening, would you be shoving people down out of the way of fire? Do you think? Uh, like not, you're still ultimately trying to get through. I was going to say not maliciously, but yes, I think he's oh, like no. a foot. He's like a football player going for the tackle. Like there's he, there's him, there's red and there's where red's going and anything else is just an impediment. Well, and I was also wondering if it, it might also just be that, that bodyguard instinct that you have, which is just like, Oh, people are shooting. Get, get down. Like what the fuck are you doing? Like, Oh yeah. That's more of a subconscious thing. If they're but... bad guys, it's like elbows to take about. But if they're people, then it's also, yeah, it's just Sure. Yeah, yeah. Down, so if, if it's any if, if it's any of the gang members, <laughs> it's it's a, a quick elbow. I will say the gang is more on the periphery where they can yeah. actually like pick targets. Um but yeah, so it, it's it's a combination. Uh, weirdly, you're the unsung hero of this event. And when people later speak of the uh the Helmforth massacre, um they'll talk about the kind of like the mysterious man in the bathing suit who saved so many. Yeah. And the strong man 100% takes credit for it. Yeah. Uh, but, the man who just kept yelling, don't go to sleep. Don't go to sleep. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. Years later in the, the, the front lines of World War II, uh, a young soldier will turn to his companion and say, I know we're scared, but my life was saved one day. Back in the day, just don't go to sleep, buddy. We got this. Uh, and then yeah. they go up and over. Um, the legend of Adrian Diesel echoes on through the ages. Um, cool. So um, you barrel after Red. Because you rolled a hard success, you're going a bit slower. But I think we can actually chalk that up to the fact that you're saving a lot of lives. And also, um, isn't, he, isn't he, like, dragging Richter along with him? No, no. Um, oh, yeah, you were going to grab for Richter. If you well, see... uh, he he went for the back wall, so I think he just becomes part of don't sleep. The so first Richter... don't sleep was to Richter, and then yeah, it was to cool. the rest. So we'll say that your dazed is, is like, um, he shoves you, and you just kind of stumble. And I think, almost like you're floating in, in zero G, you just keep kind of stumbling okay, yeah. backward. And I think part of your survival instinct kicks in enough to be like, this is a way is right, but there's no conscious like yeah. I must leave. Mm. Um, okay, cool. So, um, Red, you book it up to the stage. Um, uh, at this point, um, Lewis uh, has stood up um, 
Uh, TJ is lifeless, red-faced um, at his feet. And um, Lewis just reaches into his jacket, pulls out two pistols, and just starts, like, blind firing into the crowd. Um, and then he sees you barreling towards him, and he pulls both guns in um, and starts firing at you. Oh, Go ahead I... and roll yeah. the dodge. Okay. <sighs> that is an extreme success. All right. He just got a regular success. So... <clears throat> Um, as he, as he kind of like, it's sort of like he's, unlike the, everyone who's just blind firing, he's kind of almost picking his shots. So he brings his, his guns in, that gives you enough time to, uh, leap to the side. Um, he, he like fires several shots, kind of tracking you along the ground as you kind of like, it's not so much a roll as it is like a quick scurry. Um, and then you hear his guns click dry. I also like to think that I know how he fights. So yeah, I actually, can... I think that's, that's. Very true. Yeah. I think maybe this is actually something you've given him shit for, which is um, because he was a a banker who learned to be a a gunfighter, he always went in for the flash. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So it was always the, like, flip... It was the Boondock Saints thing. Like, I'm going to flip out. And then, like, he picks his shots because he actually isn't good enough to shoot... Like, he can't sight two targets from staring straight ahead. So it was, like, one for you, one for you. Um, and even bringing them both forward, he's not firing when he's got a beat on you. He's firing because you're there. So yeah. his guns click dry. Um, you notice he actually looks at them in confusion almost um, before rapidly ejecting both cartridges. Uh, and then you see him like awkwardly trying to load the guns while holding guns, uh, which buys you enough time to make it up the stage. At this yeah. point, uh, Greaves and um, Splinter are, are like pulling TJ off the stage um, Donnie's got a gun um, up, but he's like trying to fire, like at. There's a couple people aiming fire at the stage that aren't Lewis, so he's firing at them and basically covering the retreat as as the two of them drag TJ to safety. Mm-hmm. Um, which brings us to you. Um, I'm... you. Dodge the bullets. You start sprinting towards the stage. What do you do? I'm shooting uh, Lewis in both kneecaps. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> Damn, son, go ahead and roll. And uh, she's left-handed, so her, so like, she's like pulling a gun out with her non-fractured arm. Uh, this would be firearms handgun. Yes, ma'am. Oh, buddy, I am killing it today. That's a nine. That's an extreme success. Damn, Ooh. you are. Um, <clears throat> you uh, you always had a, like a, a running joke with Lewis. Where if you ever got in a fight, he's like, well, I'm taller than you. And you're like, no one's tall if they don't have knees. And he's like, yeah, okay, let's see. Uh, turns out you were right. Um, you blast out both his kneecaps um, in just a horrific act of violence and marksmanship. Um, and you see him, like, crumple straight down. Um, because Ooh. they're just not there anymore. Um, and as he, he falls sideways, um, he looks like he's in pain, but it's at distance. Like there's agony on his face, but his eyes are still alert. Um, and you notice, uh, as he, he raises his gun at you, as you kind of rush up the stairs towards him, um, that there is, uh, blood rolling out of his nose, his ears and his, his eyes, um, 
and uh, he just starts screaming feirally at you, uh, and he opens fire. Oh, he's reloaded his guns at this point? Okay. He's reloaded one of them, awkwardly. Okay. But I, I'm fucking rolling garbage. I rolled a 74. So um, he fires, but it's it's you're not moving in bullet time, but it's almost that. He's so sluggish that, like, you can literally almost see the, the calculus of, like, I'm pulling up the bead, and you just step aside, and he fires. Um, and finally, you're, you, you kind of, like, get up to him. Adrian, you're barreling through the crowd. Um, you've just seen Red go up on stage. She's got her gun drawn on Lewis. Um, that said, she seems completely unaware of the other shooters near the stage. So uh, Donatello's shooting at one of them, but there's two. Um, there's a uh, see Cheryl and Nuts and Bolts with Tommy guns, and um, Nuts and Bolts is starting to like bring his gun up on on Red. I mean, normally Adrian would think Cheryl's more dangerous, but if Nuts and Bolts is going for it, then Adrian's going for Nuts and Bolts. Yeah, uh, Cheryl uh, has turned her gun into a club and is leaping at Donatello, swinging it for his head as he screams, Oh, fuck off, lady! Fuck off! Okay, then Adrian thinks Cheryl might be on his side because he also doesn't <laughs> <like> Donatello. <laughs> so he's going to go for Nuts and Bolts, who's clearly on the side of evil. Uh, and I think it's one of those things where he'll close in and then... He's the knife he's probably put away if he's jamming people because he can't run with a knife and do that effectively. So I think what he wants to do is grab the gun by like barrel and stock and then it's just snap it down and hit him with it. So if he can just snap the gun out of his hand, then he's got a club and nuts and bolts doesn't have a gun anymore. Uh, yeah, I like that. So go ahead with a, we'll do an opposed strength. Or uh, cool. this could be a melee brawl actually. I feel like this is, we're in brawly territory. Cool. Uh, you know, I'm rolling a D10. It might as well be a D7. <laughs> I've rolled more fucking 70s today. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Thanks for supporting the Fable and Folly Network. Here's another show we know you'll love. I got this really strange email last night. I need to see what's going on with this mystery file. Hey, it's a map of a town called Ocean Bay. Someone sent these images to you for a reason. I'm so lost right now. When was the last time you chose a direction and followed it? I'm going to Ocean Bay. We don't get many tourists this time of year. Ocean Bay is a friendly town, but we're not that friendly. I never sent you an email. I don't even know you. And why exactly are you here? The map is the reason we're here. Maps help when you're lost. Do you know what a trap street is? Trap streets aren't real. They don't exist. Don't trust anyone unless they give you a reason to trust them. I, I think he's dead. How could so much damage happen to a human body in such a short period of time? What the hell is going on here? From the creators of Strange Air, this is Trap Street. So maps can have secrets. Yes, maps can have secrets. Follow and hear new episodes of Trap Street anywhere you listen to podcasts. 
Hey everybody, Tom McGee here, your friendly neighborhood DM, and I just wanted to thank you so much for listening to our shows. I hope you're having a great time. Obviously we are. I'm probably really stressed because they're they're probably doing something horrible to me right now, but uh, I hope you're enjoying it and uh, we're enjoying you being here. And listen, if you want to get a little bit more involved uh, in our show and with the various things we do, you can check out patreon.com slash dice where you can find more information about how you can become a part of the show, how you can screw with me on air, how you can add names and all that sort of stuff. And it's a great way to support us in our ongoing dumb adventures. So thanks very much for joining us and I will see you out there in the dumbverse. Uh, I got a success. Cool. I didn't. Um, <laughs> yeah, so you, you wrench the gun out of his hands. Um, Thank God my score is so high because I would have uh, been quite happy with the 70. <laughs> Uh, he, uh, he used to brag when he was in his cups that he thought he could take you in arm wrestling or wrestling or fist fight. You just proved him wrong. Um, so yeah, you, you wrench the gun out of his hands. Um, he manages to, to get a couple stray shots off, but they're nowhere near red. Um, they just kind of fire, blind fire into the sky. Um, now that he's unarmed, are you going to stay and try and deal with him? Or are you going to try and help red with Lewis? Um, she seems to have Lewis on the draw so i think adrian also lives in a world of if red has a gun on someone and they're not dead she's decided they're not dead (laughs) otherwise he has that like childhood belief in invincibility so i think he would need to take nuts and bolts out of the equation so i think it's literally just like stock to head just like take him down and all the way out and then he can shoot whoever else seems like a problem okay cool so um, I'll say you're able to do that safely, um, given that you wrenched the gun out. We'll call that the check to, like, defeat him. So, yeah, you crack him in the head. He drops. Um, I think you line up a shot on um, – there, there are a bunch of kind of, like, um, runners that you know. There's also some people you don't recognize. Um, but, uh, yeah, you just basically start returning fire. Um, over your shoulder, um, you see um, – uh Cheryl bring the the gun down on um Donnie's arm and you hear it crack nice. uh and he just yells that was my favorite arm and then you see him jam his pistol into her mouth and blow the top of her head off um and then kind of like shake her off the gun um and just start like weirdly uh in a way I've only ever really seen done well in the Rocketeer he kind of gets your back and the two of you start, like, walking through the crowd, dispatching um, the, the mobsters who are shooting. Like, there's no spoken agreement. It's just kind of like, he's there with one arm and a gun. You've got a Tommy gun. And the two of you just start, like, working through, sweeping through the crowd. Um, I'm sure at some point there's, like, a, a weird buddy cop moment of, like, someone pulls da- draws down on you and he, like, shoots at you. And there's, like, he nods at you and you just stare at him blank-faced because you hate him. Um yeah, and then he's, he's in the buddy cop for over his different. shoulder. Someone draws on red, but he thinks they drew on him. So I shoot them to protect red, but he assumes we have a friendship now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, "You're all right," uh, and then uh, <laughs> he goes back to shooting. Um, cool. Um, red, uh, what what is your intent with Lewis? I kick him in the head and I knock him uh, to knock him out. Uh, okay, cool. So um, looking I down at him, alive. I understand. Uh, so you crank back your, your leg, and uh, I think it's safe to say Red's probably kicked a few heads in her day. Yeah. Cool. Um, so you crank back your your leg, um, 
and uh, you know it's not a it's not a full on like I'm I'm trying to kick a field goal. It's a it's a proper knockout punt. Um, you hit him, and his head bursts like an overripe melon. Uh, I knew something gross was gonna happen. <laughs> You're so <I'm> strong. <laughs> You look down, and unlike the door and other things, like this, you are fully aware that this was not enough uh, momentum for that. Um, and that's when you start to smell it. There's just a, a smell of. Um, there's just sort of a sickly sweet smell. Uh, and weirdly, you think you can see something moving uh, amidst uh, the, the gore. Yeah, I, 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 I'm gonna get it. This is all starting to come together in old Red's head, I think. Um, you kind of drop to one knee, and uh, you find a small, wriggling gray worm um, with a ring of teeth and seemingly with barbs kind of all over it that is writhing in, in agony being exposed to open air. Um, and uh, it quickly spasms and dies. Yep. Okay. Uh, I'm okay. So she's gonna take stock of what immediately is going on right now. Is there anybody that need to kill? Is there anybody that like I need to, you know? I think um, basically from what you can see, um, Donnie and uh, Adrian seem to have things like vaguely under control um it's the it's the damnedest thing about machine guns that like six people with machine guns seems like the world but now that there are less people with machine guns you realize that this really was a small a smallish yeah. group um so there isn't anything that immediately needs aside from like all the people who need medical attention that's not really your your jam um there doesn't seem to be anything you immediately need there. Adrian seems to be fucking cleaning up, so you think that's all right. Um, <clears throat> Greaves has dragged TJ uh, like to a distance and is like doing like chest palpitation. There's like a doctor has arrived. Um, <clears throat> ambulances and squad cars are like rolling in. Um, there were also cops in the crowd, so like they there's a few like cops running around doing things. You see Sheriff Bart like just completely fucking panicked. Um, so you, you, you sweep your eyes over the crowd and you sweep your eyes over, um, sort of the scene that's unfolding. Um, and the thing that catches your eye is a, just a brilliant glint of pure white light. Uh, and it's at distance, but you realize at this elevation... And looking down this street, it seems to be standing in the wreckage of the church. And when you blink, it's gone. Uh, Richter. Um, during all of this, um, you've um, stumbled away. Um, your head is not in this. You're, you're, you're just desperately trying. And honestly... Since the events of the church, things have always been, like, a vaguely muddy for you anyway. So, like, you're just not built for stuff like this. Mm. Um, I would like you to roll me an insanity check, please. Mm. Yep. 
Uh, also, Red, sorry, retroactively, if you could roll me one for seeing your crew show up for this, that would be great. Yeah. Thank goodness, that's a pass, a success. I want to roll above my sanity, right? Below. Uh, no. <laughs> All right, so um, uh, Richter, you'll only lose three. Red, you're going to lose seven. Okay. Also, um, tapping a man's head and watching it explode is is not the best, and then finding a worm inside is not great. Not great for anyone's day, really. Mm. Uh, apples, brains, you know. Yeah. Um, Richter, you have um, stumbled uh, away from all of this, um, and I think you're having trouble breathing. Richter to me seems like a man who, even though he takes care of himself, the 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 mortal coil thing is a real fucking bummer. Like yeah. the brain's in good shape, but like, um, and it's one of the first times you've actually felt your age. Okay, uh, yeah, you're hyperventilating. Yeah. Your heart is pounding, um, and suddenly you feel a slick wetness on your back, uh, and you realize that you've backed into the mural. Um, the artist is nowhere to be seen. Her gear is scattered. And actually, to your alarm, you, you see a trail of her clothes leading away, almost as though they were tossed haphazardly away. Hmm. Um, and you you stay pressed against this wall with the paint sort of soaking into your back. Um, and uh, after a moment, you you take a deep breath. Your your breathing slows. Um, you can start. Adrian, would you be yelling things, or would you just be doing this quietly? Would you be yelling go to sleep or don't go to sleep? <laughs> I think the bad guys, he doesn't, he wants them to go to sleep, but I don't think he needs to tell them. I think he needs to make them. And okay. the good guys, he's not shooting at. Like, I think honestly, once Adrian gets into combat, it's a weird thing, but a lot of his life is being confused. And I think the reason he is so effective in violence is he has none of the hesitation of a normal person. And he's not slowed by thinking about what he's mm -hmm, doing. Mm -hmm. It's that same thing they say about like Judge Dredd, which is just like, he acts so it doesn't right. like that's the speed and that's adrian and like he probably looks the most normal in moments of violence because he's just doing things gotcha okay so richter i think maybe when you start to calm down is when the gunshots stop and you start to hear those kind of comforting sounds of um for lack of better term authority figures showing up and seizing control of the situation um, the roar of ambulances. Ambulances don't show up to active battle scenes. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think you peek around the wall and you can see that um, things are settled. Um, there are a lot of, uh, clearly a lot of people have been wounded. Um, several dead, though mercifully not as many as there would have been without the um, intercession of Adrian, though you won't hear about that for some time. Um, and after taking a few steadying breaths... Um, you push off against the wall. Um, and as you start to kind of stumble back towards the crowd to see if you can be of any assistance, um, you feel sharp pain in your hand. Um, and looking down, um, you can see that your hand is bleeding again. And when you turn, you can see that the entombed eye is clearly printed on the wall in blood. My blood. Um, what's the final product of this mural painting look like? 
Um, the tall, thin man has a long cloak of yellow, a crown that look graffitied over, and based on where you are pressed, in the center of that cloak is the entombed eye. Um, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll close my fist to kind of put that, that mm -hmm. away. Um, and, uh, I'll, uh, I'll leave the mural. I think I want to get out of there. Yeah. So, um, the rest of the day is a bit of a blur. Um, red as soon as you can. You grab Adrian and you guys make tracks. Um, there are cops everywhere. Adrian just shot a bunch of people. Also, you know all of these people. Yeah. Incidentally, the good news for you is your face is wrapped in bandages. <laughs> yeah. So, small victories. You find a shell-shocked um, Richter wandering almost aimlessly um, through the crowd, um, not seeming vaguely uncertain uh, of himself and his surroundings. Um, Red, you recognize that he's in shock. Um, Adrian, you recognize that Grandpa Richard needs help. Um, yeah, I think Adrian would just like take his gun and be like, you're not gonna need that anymore, Grandpa. And then kind of like almost pick him up and rest him on his hip, kind of like a baby, and yep. then just start carrying him through the crowd. So the, um, the three of you make pretty quick tracks um, and you make it back. Um, to uh to the motel so um we're gonna do a bit of a time jump here in a second but i want to give you a moment to talk to each other and check in and uh take any actions you want um and then i'm gonna not like time jumping like i'm gonna probably jump into the next day and tell you kind of what has happened in that interim so in the immediate aftermath of this what do all of you do my ear itches oh and sorry i should clarify on your way back uh, Red, if you wanted, you, you do go past the church on your way to the motel. I don't know if you want to go anywhere near that fucking thing today. I'm guessing no. Great. Nope. So you get back to the motel. Adrian's ear hurts. My ear itches. Uh, you know what, Richter? That's been bugging you all day, too. Um, I'm lying down on the bed in the motel. Just staring at the ceiling and absentmindedly just yeah. scratching at my ear. Richter. Mm, yeah, yeah. Richter, I need you to focus and answer me a question. And Richter will sit up and say, what, what is it? How is your ear? What? How is your ear? I, it, it, it's fine. I've, I wasn't hit. I've, I, I, and he like pats down his chest and stuff like no, that. No, your, your ear, you've been scratching it. Is yeah, it itching? It's, yeah, it's itchy. It, but I, I God wasn't... Damn it shot in the ear or anything i god damn it and she like kicks the bed uh we uh grow weary of this town we need to get back to that house which house? oh there's a knife in me uh and adrian just pulls <laughs> the knife out of his chest and it's like ah, i gotta stitch this up can you do it yeah it's like my pants but it's me Can I have my pants back? <laughs> Do I have their, like, is there um, another pair Devin, of Honestly, Devin's clothes will fit you better than Great. 
Uh, and if he yeah. has like a white shirt and a pair of pants, I'll take. Yeah, that. they're they're like one size too big for you, but it's very manageable. Cool. Cool. Yes. <clears throat> okay, so yeah, you get changed. Um, uh, you get your pants back. Um, Devin comes back, um, just like basically boots in the door. Um, and he's like, looks very flustered and he's just glowering at senior ice cream. Um, and he's got like a, a paper bag in his hands. Like you will not believe the fucking day I've had with this dog. He may work for the police, but he did. Oh my God. What happened to all of you? My ear itches. There was a shooting at the, at the fair. And you rapidly like catch yeah, him yeah. up, and he's aghast, and obviously feels like an asshole for worrying about the dog thing. Um, he's got a bag of croissants, but none of you are particularly hungry. Um, so yeah, everyone's everyone's pretty burnt out. You've just seen a bunch of shit. Also, um, particularly for Adrian and Red, your your friends showed up. Red's concerned about the ears. What do you do before everyone passes out from exhaustion? Everything that Red wants to do requires her to go out and kick some asses and, like, get some answers. So I don't think there's, there's anything that she's going to be able to do in this hotel room besides okay. pass out. Gotcha. Why are you worried about everybody's ears? I don't think I could explain it, even if I currently wanted to, honey. Let's just say that uh, I have a bad feeling about it. But you let me worry about that. Oh, okay. And then he'll just fall immediately asleep. Yeah. Cool. Richter, would you do anything before sleep? Read up on the king in yellow, if you can. Uh, because you're at the motel, you don't have... You flip through the um, uh, the inheritance of the kingdom. Mm -hmm. No mention of the king in yellow. Okay. Which you find odd, given the inheritor connection to the entombed eye. It, mm -hmm. this, there's something off about this. It's connected in some way, you're absolutely certain. And I think you can talk with Devin about it, and he mentions that he saw a playbill for it um, previously. Uh, he actually thought about going, but um, then it got word uh, from Benny and, and left town real quick. Uh, he says it sounds real good. Um, people were, were buzzing about it in you know a lot of the bars, and people seemed very excited about it. It's a touring production of some sort. Is there a newspaper in the motel? Uh, it's the end of the day, so I'm going to say no. There will be okay. one in the morning, but I think they're okay. out of today's. Okay. Then he's probably just about ready to pass out too. Yeah. Coming down from that, that stress and shock. Yep. Um, Addy, anything for you? Uh, he's already asleep. Red said she'd do the worrying, so he stitched up his chest and passed out. And Red, do you think you managed to sleep, or do you spend most of the night staring at the ceiling? She's not sleeping. Okay. Um, so I'm going to skip the time jump thing. I think we'll just pick that up next episode. Uh, Red, you stare at the ceiling. Um, and it's, this is a not great motel. Um, so there are stains and your eyes drift across them. And it's that thing where you're just kind of constantly hoping. Like I have, I have a terrible time sleeping. So it's that thing where you just stare at the same fucking part of the ceiling and you just run through every thought you could have about that part of the ceiling in the hopes that like maybe your brain will just click off and it doesn't. You just keep mulling over the, these things and, and all the, the sort of horrible stuff that's happened. Um, and then in the middle of the night, 
there's a soft thump against the door. No one else seems to wake up. You can hear wind howling outside, and then the wind kind of dies down, and you hear the thump. And as you get up and make your way to the door, do you take your gun? Yeah. So you oh, buddy. Um, oh, yeah. You ease the door open, and I think it's like a classic, like you're having to use your broken arm to do it, but it's like, you, you, yeah, you swing the door open, the gun's out, you sweep the gun across um, the kind of uh, parking lot, um, and you don't see anyone. It's completely dead out there, aside from the wind, which you can see kind of rustling the trees, and then something thumps against your foot. And you look down to see your fedora with a note pinned to it in a very elegant curling script that just says, I thought you might want this back. XO. This episode of the Mythos Mysteries features the voices of Ryan LaPlante at the Ryan LaPlante on Twitter, Tyler Hewitt at Tyler underscore Hewitt on Twitter, Claire Blackwood at Claire Blackwood on Twitter, and Keeper Tom McGee at McGeeTD on Twitter. This episode was edited by Ryan LaPlante, and the Mythos Mysteries show logo was created by Decapitated Marker at Decapitated Marker on Twitter. That's M-R-K-R. Our theme songs are Dark Alleys and Sentinel by Kai Engel, and our ads use the tracks No Control and Chiefs by Jazzar, J-A-H-Z-Z-A-R, and all of their music is available at freemusicarchive.org. When it comes to Dum Dums and Dice, you can visit our website at dumdumdice.com. Our Twitter and Instagram are Dum Dum Dice, and on Facebook at facebook.com slash dumdumdice. We have merchandise available at redbubble.com slash people slash dumdumdice. And most importantly, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. All hail the mythos. Dum Dums and Dice has to give a special thank you to the supreme beings of our Patreon at this time. Christian Manicola, Long Long, The Half-Blind Prophet, James Quayar, DM Rob, Christopher Little, Joshua White, Olin Anderson, Sue One, Devin Boyce, George Dolby, One True Artistry, and Jill and Noel Laplante. If you want your name to be added to this list, you can join our Patreon too at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. Thanks to them, and a little bit of thanks to you. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Mount Absalom, a community, a heritage, a home. The green jewel in the majestic crown of Ohio, for 200 years, Mount Absalom has been a place to play. N32. Bingo! A place to learn. For in thy green and growing arms, we have everything we need. All right. Now let's get out our math homework. A place to work. Here at the Celery Bottling Works, we produce over 2,000 bottles of celery soda every day. A place to raise a family. Ah, it's a girl. 
It's a place of history. And here we have the barrel of whiskey that Confederate soldiers stole from Mount Absalom Patriot Amelia Pleasance during Morgan's raid. And of course, a place of celery. 201st Celery Festival, I dub thee Open! Mount Absalom is the perfect place for making memories. 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 Make your memories with us. Make your memories here. Mount Absalom. Paid for by the Delphi Quarter of Mount Absalom and Celeric Bottling Works. Refreshing Celeric Soda and Diet Celeric Soda. A Midwestern Gothic Mystery. Learn more at unwellpodcast.com.